This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty. Oh, it's good to be with you after an Islanders win. We'll talk a little baseball. We'll talk a little football. We'll talk to you on ESPN New York Tonight. Hello with Joel and Nikki. We're here to chat with you about the world of sports. And look, let me say this off the top of my head. I hope you guys had a great sports weekend. Because there was a lot of things to look at. And we'll talk about a couple of them. I want to get your thoughts on the XFL. Saw some things I really liked. Saw some things that if the NFL was smart, they would try to repackage and make it think it was their own idea. <laughs> and and put it into practice. But I'm going to begin with the New York Mets. Because it's spring training, baby! Pitchers and catchers this week. Oh, can you feel it? Enough of this rainy, damp, dreary weather. Baseball is on the way. And when baseball comes, all is right with the world, right? Yeah. Baseball, sunshine, good teams. And then there's the Mets. And I don't want to come off as a guy who just complains about his team all the time. Because I do. I'm, I'm, I admit it. Now, I can look at the positives. I want to say that this is a team that could surprise some people. This is a team that if people have a better season than they had last year, one who waddled into camp a little 70 pounds lighter than he was last year, today, and, you know, the pitching lives up to what it's supposed to be. The revamp bullpen is what it's supposed to be. You know, it could be a good season, and I'm hoping for that. I really am, because I want to talk positively about the Mets. Because I, I, I think with what we have as a team, we could make some noise in the division this year. But the offseason keeps getting in the way. So that's my issue. I want to focus on what's happening on the field, and hopefully when they get the you know, exhibition games going, I can focus on that. I can focus on, you know, what I'm seeing from Jacob deGrom and Noah Syndergaard, and I can focus on, you know, what I hope from Dylan Batances and the the new the new slim line Jerry's familiar. That's what I'm hoping for. And I'm hoping to see Brandon Nimmo come back and I'm hoping to see what the outfield's going to look like. And I want some positives. I really do. I really do. But it's things like this that get in the way. And Mets fans, I want to hear from you at 1-800-919-3776. Quoting a release today from Jeff Wilpon. As spring training begins, on behalf of ownership, we would like to share more information explaining why the proposed transaction has ended. However, due to confidentiality and non-disclosure agreements, we are unable to do so at this time. So right now, I believe we need to focus on the future and not in the past. And that's what we intend to do. We would like to assure our fans that we will continue our commitment to winning in 2020 and beyond, and we'll work hard to earn and maintain everyone's confidence and trust. We'll be moving forward to find a new transaction. We will not be giving details or updates on our timeline or process until we are prepared to make a public announcement. Thank you. That's all I can say. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. I would rather he came out and did this. I'd rather he come out and bang some garbage cans. So what he said was, I can't say anything. 
That's what he said. I would like to tell you about what's happening, but I can't say anything about what's happening, so I can't say anything. So you know what you could have done? Not say anything. (laughs) Because you didn't say anything anyway. That would have been fine. If you wanted to come out with a release, explain to me why the general manager has a locker in the clubhouse. That's what I want to know. Why does Brody Van Wagenen need a a, club, a locker in the clubhouse? Why? So he can say this after the game? They came and got us. Is that what we want from him? And then here's the thing. So when he's not at his locker in the clubhouse, that's news. When he's at his locker in the clubhouse, that's news. Why does he need a locker in the clubhouse? Does does he not have enough things to do in the front office to go upstairs and make some phone calls to get the team even better? Why can't he take the the Brian Cashman? Why can't he be from the Brian Cashman School of General Managing? Which is, my job is to get somebody better than you. Oh, go upstairs and call some people. Why does he need to have a... I don't get it. I don't get it. I was listening to Kay today, and when they made that announcement, I was like, What? So the GM is going to be at his, so the GM is going to be talking after every game. Are you serious? Why? Why do we need to hear from you after every game? And like I said, when he's not there, it's going to be, well, huh, Brody's not here. Wonder if something's cooking. Wonder what's happening. Wonder what's going on. I mean, enough. Enough. Let the players play. That's A. B, what does this do for the manager? You got a new manager, a young new manager. So if he pulls somebody in the seventh inning, I don't have to go upstairs. I can just go to, I can just go to the GM who's <laughs> two lockers over from me and complain about what's, what's happening. You can't make this up. You can't make it up. There's not a general, there's not a general manager in professional sports that's got a, a, a locker in the, in the team's clubhouse. Or, or, or locker room. Not one. Not one. The manager is not even in the same clubhouse with the players. 1-800-919-3776. Now, maybe it was me. I'll get to the calls in a minute. Maybe it was me. But did Jerry Reese Familiar look like he was 270 pounds to you last season? And that's the reason why he couldn't get people out? Because he was too heavy? Okay, I'll play along. We'll see how he goes this season. He says he wants to be about 240 or 245. So he's about 30, or he was about 30 or 35 pounds overweight. And he felt that that was a problem with him. That I guess he wasn't finishing. And it took him the whole, the whole season. Okay, it took him the whole season and off season to figure that out. Not like he could have went on a quick, uh, not like he could have went on a quick adjustment to drop some weight during the season. No, 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 no. Can't do that. We're going to wait till the season's over and then we're going to lose the weight. Like you couldn't have made an adjustment in your eating habits during the regular season last year. You couldn't do it then. I'm telling you. As much as I want to focus 
on what the Mets do on the field. As much as I want to focus on what could be another sophomore brilliant year for Pete Alonso, that's what I want to look forward to. That he may break his own record for home runs in the single season. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. But I can't talk about positive things like that with the Mets because they keep getting in the way. They keep getting in their own way. By releasing a statement that says, I can't tell you anything. By by we finding out that the general manager is going to have a locker in the clubhouse with the players. And then to find out that it's not an arm situation, not an elbow, not a sore shoulder, not something I was dealing with physically, but because I was overweight and couldn't and didn't figure out that I was overweight during the regular season when I could have dropped some weight and possibly by September pitched better and still gotten them into a postseason berth, I just found out that I'm heavy. I just You can't make it up. You just can't. Talk about the XFL. So a couple of things that I like. I, I'm, I'm, now, you're, this is, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. A couple of things that I liked. I, I, I really enjoyed the kickoffs. I really did. Uh, Joel and Nikki and I were talking in our pregame huddle and we were talking about how, and Joel mentioned how concerned he was that with just five yards of scrimmage difference between the two teams, that the team that's receiving the football, if you're looking back, you could have got your head knocked off. <laughs> Could got your head just like blown off, like like heads would be rolling down the sidelines, like reporters would be talking to like reports because reports can talk to everybody at any time, and they would be talking to somebody like, oh, there's no body with that head that I'm talking to. That's what they thought because you you know you blow people up, but they they did it at a nice pace, so that wasn't an issue. So I like and they set it up so that you get it at the 35, so that's a good thing. So I I like the kickoffs. The extra points were good. I can't wait to see when they get the three points, extra point. That's, that's the one I want to see. That's that. And you know, they'll get to, nobody tried it from what I saw yesterday, but that's what I want to see is when you get to three point, extra point, that's going to be fun. I enjoyed listening to, and I think a number of people, and I saw the reaction. So we're all kind of on the same page. A number of people loved the, the fact that you could listen to what the person on the replay is thinking, their, their thought process as they watch it. So I enjoyed that. You're going to find this um, weird for me to tell you. As a person who has been on the sideline, as a person who's done sideline reporting in the NFL, can I tell you something? There was too much talking to the players between plays. It was, it was just, it was just, it was too much. It, it was, it was, it was too much. All right. Here's my suggestion that just, just, just for what it's worth. And I know you guys may have loved it. You'll let me know when you call in. For me, let me talk to the players when they're not on the field. In other words, let me talk to the offensive players when the defense is on the field. And let me talk to the defense when the offense is on the field. And let me do it after a series. Like I could, I don't want to run up to somebody and say, Hey, hey, uh, you just dropped a pass. Why? I don't want to do that. I want to go back and put it in context with the whole series. 
So for me, that's how I think it would be. Because you know what? Sometimes you can have too much access. Too much. Like I'm listening to, well, I'm listening to coaches. Uh, 10.55, blue, blue turkey, wild chicken, eight. What the devil is that? Like, it would be great if I knew what the play was. <laughs> okay, if I knew what blue turkey, yellow chicken, 10.25 was, I'd be great. Oh, that, oh, they're going to go down the field. Oh, a deep pass play. Ooh, they're going to do the triple reverse because I saw a triple reverse yesterday. Oh, that's the triple reverse play. That would be great. I don't know what it is. And even what it is, it may not be because the quarterback could make an audible at the line of scrimmage and I still don't know what it is. So some, some things were too much. And, uh, believe me, ESPN, all the, all the folks who are broadcasting these games, they will listen to Uncle Larry. And they will do it between when the teams are off the field. They will do it then. And you know why they'll do it then? Because they're going to be sick of hearing the four-letter words that flow out of frustration on sidelines and in professional sports at all times. And especially if you've missed the play. And there were a few that got past the uh, delay that's normally on broadcasts. There were a few. Yes. There's some, um, there's some young people who were sitting on dad and mom's lap watching the NFL yesterday, XFL yesterday, who said some new words this morning when they came up. Some there's a, where did you learn that? I was watching the XFL yesterday. (laughs) But all in all, you know what? This is the XFL. It's pretty good. It was pretty good. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Everybody get your roll on. I know shorty and she doesn't want no slow song. Had a man last year, life goes on. Haven't let the thing lose, girl, it's so long. You been inside, know you like to lay low. I've been people what you bring into the table. It's ESPN Working New York Tonight. On 987 ESPN. Jim in Lenbrook is in the leadoff spot. Hey, Jim, you're up first on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, Uncle Larry, how you doing? I'm doing good, partner. What's happening? Um, you sucked me in, opening up with the familia. Um, <laughs> I, I saw the same thing you did and everybody else out there in Mets land and, uh, you know, about how I'm 30 pounds lighter this year. <sighs> and, you know, basically all that shows you is that you were slothful last year didn't really care, stunk up the Major League Baseball, which led to the you know one of the highest bullpen ERAs in the game through like the first three quarters of the year, and you just didn't care. Now, it's beyond the 30-pound issue. Um, you know, I've done a little bit of research into it forever. It's worth, and I'm not claiming to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. But about two years ago, it was like mid-May, and Terry Collins ran out to the mound and uh, originally they thought it was like a, maybe a blister issue or something like that with Familia. He goes to see the Mets doctors at the special hospital for surgery in New York City, and they find out he's got deep vein thrombosis mm-hmm. and blood clots in his shoulder. Yep. <clears throat> it's similar to what happened to Matt Harvey, okay? And since 
he went in to have surgery to have that issue taken care of. He's never been the same pitcher. Um, and what happens is you lose the touch in your fingertips, which is the control of the baseball. Yep. And if you don't, I mean, it's a very fine art. I mean, if you're off by an inch, it's the difference between a ball and a strike. And when you don't have touch, he relies on a sinker, and the ball doesn't sink as much anymore. So he can still throw very, very hard. He just can't tell you where it's going. Exactly. And that's the problem. That's a huge problem. And and you add into that, Jim, the issues with the baseball that all pitchers had last year <laughs> because they didn't know whether it was, what, uh, ta- uh, you know, the, 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 whether the stitches were in the right place or whether it was wound too tight or whatever it was. Uh, so you add that to it and that made it even worse. So, okay, you can blame it on your weight, but see, when you say your weight, Jim, and, and, and thanks for the phone call, when you say your weight, then what you're saying is what you said in the beginning, Jim, you didn't care. Because there's no way you can't tell me. Okay, let's be honest. Come on, let, let's be honest. You know, you know when you're heavier than you normally are. You know what you're eating. You know you feel sluggish. You're like, wow. I had to go to the equipment room and get a little bigger pair of pants this week. Come on, you know. And you know when you when you feel strange or you feel heavy, you make an adjustment. They got dietitians on that team. I mean, come on, there's ways that you can. If, if it is a weight problem, you could have gotten rid of it. You could have at least dropped some weight during the season. Come on, Jay Reese. That wasn't it. That wasn't the total thing. Did it help you? Absolutely not. But, I mean, let's face it. Jim's right. You haven't been the same pitcher since you had that, trying to correct the situation with your shoulder. You haven't been the same pitcher. That's why then Mets shouldn't have went back and got him. You saw what he was. You saw firsthand. Right before your very eyes, you didn't have to need a scout. You didn't have to need video. All you had to do was look. It was right there for you. He was not the same guy he was in 2015 when he helped you march to the World Series. He wasn't. And so he's part of the reason why. He's not the only reason. I mean, listen, Edwin Diaz takes full. He, he, he is right there with him. Right there. Because he had a horrible season too. But, I mean, to come back with the weight thing, I mean, no, stop. That wasn't the main reason. Hi, Spike in Jersey. You're next on 98.7. Good to hear, my friend, Brother Larry. Three quick things. One on Familiar. He came in last year, like three years ago. Dom Smith came in looking like Mo Vaughn. Oh, God. Well, it's about it's the same big. weight shift. <laughs> it's pretty big. <laughs> yeah, well, but then he lost the weight, yes. and they got no position to play him. I, uh-huh. I, I told Nikki when she picked up and uh, about the XFL. You know, it was a subpar quality product. A lot of people watch it. It's kind of rubbernecking. It was a lot better than the other league they had mm-hmm. on. But there were, to give you a basketball comparison, there was a lot of Maurice Endors out there. Yeah, you know, there were. Uh, right? Uh, there was just a lot of subpar. Uh, and, and, and the last thing i got to throw back to the... To the orange and blue game mm-hmm. the other night, I called uh, Barton Allen today, and they gave me a lot of time and, and asked me for some analysis on what I said. And I said, "I'm, uh, how would you like to have Mike Miller ma- uh, uh, mic'd up for the last play of the, like they did yesterday?" <laughs> and he says, "Hey Julius, take the ball out, put it behind your back, dribble into the trap, 
and then see what you can do. I mean, it's it's just some guys just hit me the wrong way. I never look at stats. That's why I watch with my eye. Mm -hmm. How one guy, I told the boys this afternoon, I said, I'm going to write the chapter. Uh, uh, or the, uh, what do they call it, uh, the lead in a forward to the mm -hmm. book. Mm -hmm. Julius Randle's story, How to Dribble into a Trap. <laughs> it, it just, it, it, there's so many things. Now, we know he can put numbers up, and we know he can make mistakes, but why does he have to continually, there have been ten occasions, because you know I rewatch games and break them down. Sure. There have been t ten times this year. He's taken the ball away from the point guard. Now, you don't want Alfred Payton winding up with the last shot because he's not a good shooter. Mm -hmm. But he does other things good. But but it, it's continually the same thing. And, and you were all right. And thanks for the time. And great to talk to you. The, the, this XFL, they did a lot of that for effect to hook people in. Because yes. I heard the profanity. And it's not right that a, a, a young child, they're going to hear it at one point. You know, sure. explain it. So, okay. But uh, were, I, I don't know what the, the yellow chicken 39, you know, I, it, 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 it was just, wasn't, didn't you almost feel like they were doing that for entertainment purposes? Well, yeah, it is, Spike. There's no question. And thanks for the phone call, Always my friend. Good. Always good talking to you. Yeah, it is. This is what you don't have in the NFL. So they're trying, listen, here's what they're trying to do. And when, when you think of this, this is how you have to approach it. It's not the NFL. It's not supposed to be the NFL. It's not going to be the NFL. It is, think of it as a minor league NFL. Think of it as the G League of the NFL. That's what it is. Okay, there's going to be some guys who are really good, and there's going to be some guys who are, aren't really good. And the, the thing here is, though, is that they're almost – They've matched them up pretty well. So it's not a blow. The competition is pretty good. Okay. It's at a level. They're all at a level. So they know the football is not as good as the NFL, but they, they know it. It's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be. Here's what it's supposed to be. I want to watch football. Okay. Here's some football for you to watch. It's better than the AAAAAF. Because there's no, you know, really fabulous players there. There's no named players. Of course, that would help it, obviously. And eventually, maybe there'll be. Maybe there'll be some cast-offs if the money gets, if the pay gets higher. There'll be some cast-offs, some guys who didn't make it in the NFL who tried to make it in the XFL. And eventually, that will be the thing. But at least... Well, no Christian Hackenberg's out there yesterday, right? Guys who, who didn't make it in the NFL come to the, come to that league and look worse. Now, how did he get drafted? He looked worse. You can't get cut in the AF after being in the AF. You can't. So no, so yeah, there's some entertainment in there. There's no question. And yeah, we want to bring fans closer to it. And some of it's good. It just has to be pulled back a little bit. And they'll make the adjustment because they'll understand. They'll get feedback. They were all in meetings this morning, I guarantee you. <laughs> there were meetings. There were meetings. I mean, the debut game threw 3.3 million viewers. The two ESPN games averaged about 2.9 million viewers. It's pretty good. For That's pretty good because 
there was there were no uh there were no promos out talking about Tom Brady in the and the the uh you know the XFL championship team there wasn't you don't know who most of these folks are but if you just want to sit down and watch some football it's not bad but ladies and gentlemen and spike you're right on it it is not it's it's like semi pro football and when you just want to watch football that's okay you just want to have a football fix. You're just trying to get football fixed until you get to baseball. Because, you know, the preseason exhibition, pitchers and catchers, you don't care who wins. You just want to look and see how guys are doing. We're not at that stage yet. Two weeks away from from pitchers, from, from you know, preseason baseball starting, like in the 20s. I think the Yankees' first game is on the 22nd of February. She got a couple of weeks. So you just want, to, you just want your football fix going. That's all you want. They'll make adjustments production-wise. But I will say this. Some of the things they did, like the thought process of looking at the reviews, that's a good thing. I want that conversation. Like, see, see, I want to hear that talking. That's what I want. Cause I want to, I want to see what you see in your thought process and what, and how you make that decision. That I like. I like the, uh, shorter halftime. I like the 25 second play clock. I like that. There's some things that they, you know, as I said, there's some things they have to tinker with to make some adjustments. And then there's some other things that's like, oh boy. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. The Houston Astros and the Boston Red Sox. And we're talking... Garbage cans. <laughs> Did you see the line from Masahiro Tanaka? Says he felt cheated by the Houston Astros in 2017. Astros won all four home games against the Yankees in the playoffs and lost all three in the Bronx. First two games on the road were both 2-1. You see A.J. Hinch? Trying to get a job, huh? AJ! I want to get back in baseball. I know I should have done, I know I should have done more. I know. I know I should have done more. I know. So here's the deal, AJ. You're the manager of the team. You had to know. Obviously, you knew. That's why you slammed and broke the monitor not once but twice by your own admission. So you knew something was wrong. So you can't come on here now and do the, well, you know, I really should have done something. No, 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 no. You got to to be better than that, my friend. If you are auditioning for another Major League Baseball job when people forget, (laughs) you got to do better. You got to be more forthright than you were. That's number one. Number two, I think you spoke a little too soon. If it were me, I'd wait till the All-Star break. (laughs) I'd be waiting till the All-Star break because guess what? Suppose the Astros find a way to be pretty good without, you know, without that stuff. Then you could come on and have a different spin. It was awful. 
It just was. I mean, you, you got to do better. You have to do better. It was ridiculous. Hey, and I'll get to the phones in a second. Did you guys see that uh, Mike Balsinger is suing the Astros? Former pitcher? Sign-stealing flop ended my career. He's suing for Houston to forfeit the roughly $31 million in bonuses from their World Series title in 2017 and for it to be donated to charities in Los Angeles focused on bettering kids' lives and proposing that the money could be used to create a fund for retired baseball players who need financial assistance. Great. I agree with him. In his first stretch as a reliever in 2017, Bolsinger gave up four runs, four hits, and three walks in a third of an inning against Houston on August 4th. He was promptly sent back down to the minors after that game. Hasn't played a major league game since. Wow. Who else could be? And who, get in line behind him. Get in line behind him. It's going to be interesting to see how this turns out. It really is. Because there's some folks. I mean, imagine that. Okay, so we always knew. Okay, that, that some folks just don't do well in the postseason. It happens. It happens. But like this? And so obvious? What's going to happen to Boston? Since Mr. Cora was there, what's going to happen to them? I can't wait. Can't wait. Charlie's in Woodside. Hey, Charlie, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Good evening, Larry. How you doing? I'm doing great, Charlie. How are you? Um, certainly not the certainly not the best of weekends. So, like the more the never-ending saga of this the cheating scandal of the Houston Astros and uh, Yankee fans will remember forever. Doesn't matter. Yankees fans will remember forever. But I don't want to hear from Rob Manford, like a playoff, like a, a structural change. Why? You have this dark cloud of this cheating involves that is hanging around the crowd. I don't want to hear that nonsense. That was That's garbage. But in terms of the, the cheating, mm-hmm. you with the Wall Street Journal coming, um, um, the reports of the code breaker, the dark arts, putting presentation, Excel, PowerPoint, we'll now know this thing. Organization knew this. And, and Hinch on that interview say, did he wear buzzers? He didn't even, it's a yet simple yes or no question. It's not that simple. <laughs> it's a simple yes or no question, Larry. Come on. And he, he kind of have a half and half pregnant answer. And really, Larry, I believe made this a cover-up by Major League Baseball. This is probably the top. If the buzzer exists, this eclipses the Black Scott scandal and the one probably the probably the biggest scandals in not Major League Baseball in sports history. This is absolutely the worst because you see, you saw like Tanaka said, like cheated. In my mind, I I feel as a Yankee fan cheated out of the opportunity to play. For the World Series, mm-hmm. because in this in this previous decade, just we just finished, then I make the World Series the the Yankees. So I believe this is a cover up about Major League Baseball, and I I I believe this is probably another strike might coming up or so, but I don't think so I'm because the collective bargaining agreement is going to change. But, but certainly, players are not happy. Players, 
hate it. Fans will hate the Astros, will root against the Astros, and I'll be in one of those one of those fans will root against the Astros. And really, Larry, this is an ugly, ugly scandalous over Major League Baseball. There's no question about that, Charlie. Thanks for the phone call. It is. And you are going to see around the around the league, they are going to be <laughs> uh rudely welcomed to every major league park. To every major league park. Because you have that feeling. How, how could you? How could you look at them positively? There's, what they've done, what they've done, is they have put cast doubt over the sport. They've cast doubt, and when you're not sure that things are on the up and up, it's an issue. Now, once again, we understand from. Spitball pitchers to, uh, pine tar to, you know, all the different types of cheating that has gone on in the history of baseball. We understand it. We know, we know, we know, we know. Pythagorean theorem said. Very simply, here's the reason why this is the big deal. Because the commissioner of baseball sent out a memo. If you're doing it, cut it out. Stop. And you know why he said that? Because he knew more than one team was doing it. There's a lot of folks in professional sports who are like, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Okay, there's a lot. There's a lot of people looking for an edge. There's a lot of people trying to win. There's a lot of people doing their due diligence and trying to look for shortcuts and doing things. So we got it. But when the commissioner sends out the memo and says, stop, and you don't stop, that's on you. It's on you. Even in the postseason, it's on you. You gotta, you gotta ramp it down. I mean, come on. Houston was talented enough that they didn't need that. They didn't. And so now, what they've done, and then, you know, the Red Sox do something different. You got Apple Watches, you got all this, all this, all this stuff. So for me, that is the difference. Okay? So, and people have said it all this time. I know, people are reminding me. I know, I know that cheating has gone on in sports. I know, I know. But really, once the commissioner sends out a memo, and you still do it? That's interesting. It takes guts. Here's what I know. Better not get caught. Better not get caught. And it's cost a couple of people their jobs. And still, I'm waiting for Major League Baseball and the Players Association to sit down, have a nice little lunch. Maybe the Frisco's would be nice. Go to Duff Frisco's, sit down, have a couple of steaks, a couple of drinks, and say, come on, guys, let's go back into the agreement and make a deal so that if this happens again, the players have to be held accountable. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. I want to hear from you if you liked the XFL, if you didn't, what you didn't and didn't like. Met fans, I want to hear from you because, you know, 
as I mentioned, I love to talk about what's on the field, but you can't send an email, make a statement to tell people that you're not going to make a statement. Can't do it. You can't have your general manager with a locker in the clubhouse. Come on. You can't do that. Can't do it. I can't wait till we get on the field. I can't wait. I just can't. And then we were kind of talking about, you know, the A.J. Hinch interview over the weekend, which was fascinating to me. And Charlie alluded to it last hour, one of our callers, talking about what MLB is thinking about weighing a move from five to seven playoff teams in each league beginning in 2022. You know, with the division winner with the second best record in the league would then get the first pick of its opponent from those three lower wild cards. So in other words, hypothetically, hypothetically, Houston had the best record. And the Yankees were second. The Yankees could play who they want out of the lower three teams because Houston would get a bye. I get the Yankees now. Tampa! <laughs> we'll take Tampa. You know, so that that's interesting. That's something. It, it, it is so it is so fascinating to me. I get to the calls in a second. It's so fascinating to me that every league is trying to tinker and adjust their postseason, their wild card, their their, their playoff system. Everybody is. Every every everybody's trying to do it because more and more. The regular seasons are meaning less and less. So here's what you try to do to make sure that the regular season has relevance, that teams don't start having, you know, load management situations, that teams are not, uh, you know, doing a, 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 uh, a bullpen day where you've got, you're starting your bullpen, resting your starters or stretching your starters out or doing whatever that is. Everybody's looking for adjustments because the seasons are getting demanding. It's very interesting to see how these things are going. It is. It's fascinating to me. It's fascinating. It's interesting thought by Major League Baseball, too. Hey, Cody in Long Island, thanks for holding. You're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, thanks for taking the call. You got it, Cody. What's going on? Uh, I'm excited for the start of baseball with pitchers and catchers reporting, but... uh, Still with all this this big black cloud over baseball, and now we're waiting to see what's going to happen with the Red Sox, with their punishments supposedly coming up within the week. And it's just, I, I know what's going to happen, and I know what they did is different, so I'm kind of on the side where their punishment probably and most likely will be somewhat lighter, but we definitely know that the players won't get punished, and then the outcry will start all over again about the players not being punished and it's just going to start all over again. And the MLB and Rob Manfred, they know so much more. And are, it's, it's getting to the point where we're going to find out. We've proven that the fans, and we're smart enough, we're going to find out. There's no doubt about it, Cody, and, and you're right. And that's why we need to get games going as soon as possible because that will hopefully take away from what, from what all this off-the-field stuff. Thanks for the phone call. Because that's what happens, you know, because we don't have games to talk about. We don't have games right now to go on because that's baseball every day. Every day you're playing. Every day. 
maybe a day off here, rain delay there, rain out here. But you're, you've got games every single day, and you're focused on the result. And you're focused on, you know, trying to get to the, trying to hang in through that long marathon that is the Major League Baseball season. That grind that begins in spring training in, in a couple of days and ends, you know, in October, November. So you go through winter, not there, but here, you go through winter, you go through spring, you go through fall, and you end up in winter again. And so, yeah, that, that's why without that there, that's why people are focusing on the fact of what these penalties are. That and the fact that it's serious stuff. You're, the team that won your championship is in question. That's a major thing. You, you can't just, you know, you can't just slump it off. Hi, Danny in Long Island. You're next on 98.7. Hey, good evening, Larry. How's everything? Everything's good, partner. What's Pitches going on? Pitches and catches have reported, and we've yet to see a, a drop of snow on Long Island, which means that on opening day, we're going to get a Danny, run. come on, you Danny. Know you know it's going to happen. Danny, I hope you're knocking on something, Danny, because now I, I, I feel 18 inches coming and my back going out. Three things I like to talk about. <laughs> One, uh, as far as the baseball thing is, you know, I attended the baseball writers dinner. My brother buys a table every year, mm-hmm. and uh, Verlander gets up there and he wins a Cy Young, gives a speech, and he's recalling his career. And then he says, "And then I got traded to the Astros." And people are murmuring, people are hitting the tables, people are k- kicking the garbage cans. This is in, this is in the world. This is in a nice hotel. It's quite a scene. And he says, "In the Astros, man, they really thought of everything." And he looks up and starts laughing. Yes, yeah, like really, you know, wow. this is. And, and so then, and then Ver, uh, Viducci gives the speech for the guy from Houston who won the Rookie of the Year. Now me, I'm not making that speech. I'm, I don't need to make that. I got to get up in front of the, everybody and and uh, and give all the stats that this guy put out, which mm. may be may be bogus. Yeah. I, don't know if, I don't know if Viducci was was uh, had a cocktail at night, but he he listed the, the, the records the guy beat, and then he wrote. And those records go all the way back to Shoeless Joe Jackson. And somebody yelled out, yeah, another guy who cheated. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just bizarre. So, you know, let's get the game. Punish them, get the games on. I mean, the Yankees, I mean, they, they, got, a, they got one stolen from them. But, man, between, between the Astros is going to melt down and the, the Red Sox, there's going to be – I mean, what are the Yankees going to win, 120 this year? Because, you, you know, they got, they got, they got the uh, Baltimore minor league team in their, in their uh, division. They're gonna, yeah. Yankees are going to roll over. And their attendance will be down. And their TV will be down because when the games don't mean anything, people check out in mid-July, mid-August. Cause right. they, they, you know, your wife wants to go out to the movies or something. You know what? The Yankees are up by 20 games. I'm, I don't need, to, see, I don't need to, to watch the game. So right. everything will drop down. Now, two, as far as the Mets are concerned – I am so thirsty for the Mets to make the playoffs, have a good season. I don't care if Brody has a massage table and a jacuzzi. That's none of my concern as a fan. That's like worrying about who owns the restaurant when the food is great. Let's have a great meal with them. I don't care. Like that, that's, that's, that's backdoor stuff. That's behind the stage. I don't care. Let's get Cespedes back. Let's see if he can play. We've got young rookies. We've got a great pitching staff. Let's have some fun. Let's go, Mets. Let's play baseball. Third topic as far as the, the – I watched some of the football. Mm-hmm. Now, I always say if you if 1% of the college football players, and probably even less, make the NFL and it's a high-quality thing, and that includes baseball or any other professional sport, if you drop that down to the top 3 or 4%, and those guys make the XFL or minor league baseball or the D-League in basketball – if it is appropriately priced, people will go. When I go out and see the Long Island Ducks, which is, the, I think, in the independent league, I pay $10. I'm in the first row. I watch a great baseball game because the two teams are evenly matched. And I, don't, and I, I went to Trenton last year on my way down to Jersey Shore. It's a great game. 
So if you look at the crowd, you may see some fathers in the crowd of Jersey yesterday that can't afford to pay $150 a ticket to go mm-hmm. watch the Giants or the Jets. So they pay $10, and they got their seven-year-old kids, and the kids having a great time. So if the NFL actually wrapped up the Super Bowl a week or two earlier, say middle of January, used to, matter of fact, it used to be on my birthday, the first week of January. So if they could get back to that somehow, they would actually own the sports landscape February, March, because the NCAA double tournament doesn't start to the end of March now. Basketball and hockey, the seasons are so long, people just are kind of glazed over. That if, the fo- if they did this little football league in late January, even just February, March, five, six game season, reasonably priced, you check out your rookies, it's almost like a minor league. There's a market for anything. People want to be entertained. As long as it's appropriately priced, people will go. If you build it, they will come, right? That's right. You're right, Danny. Thanks for the phone call. Absolutely. And that's what it is. And see, that's the key thing about the XFL. They're on the same level. They're all, you know, of that group. So it's com- so it's competitive. You're not seeing a bunch of buzz, maybe a 33-17 game here or there. But for the most part, you're going to be entertained. So that, and if you, if you love football and you're like, oh man, the Super Bowl, I'm not going to see football again till what, July? Oh, here's some football for you to watch. It's not the NFL. It's not supposed to be. It's the next level down. It's the XFL. And as long as they're competitive and they put forth a good product and as Danny mentioned, you got a reasonably priced ticket, enjoy it. Just understand. Is not supposed to be the greatest players in the world because they're not paying for the greatest players in the world. They're not paying for that caliber of talent. They're paying for the next group below. And when you want to watch football, sometimes that's good enough. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York tonight. Let's get back to the phone and see what you got to say. Let's go to, uh, let's talk to Tom in West Babylon. Hey, Tom, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, how you doing? I'm doing Larry, good, man. Cheating's going on in all the sports. It's a matter of who gets the edge. Look, I feel for all the people in the steroid ever that didn't make it or now with the cheating and they got knocked out of sport and they don't have a career. My heart goes out to them. That's for the placing. Oh, Houston cheated. I didn't get to the World Series. Stop. It's not on the commissioner, it's on the team. All the teams out there, Larry, if they knew. If they didn't, I forgive you. But if they knew. Oh, they knew. beat them. So go beat them. Beat them. Stop your crying. Pick up your pants and do the job. Perfect example. That's the end of the story. Happened to my Mets in in 86. Mm -hmm. What what happened with Mike Scott? He was cheating. Yes, he was. Larry, beat them at their own game. They all cheated. I don't, Yankees cheat. Everyone cheats. It's a matter of who gets caught. Now they're making it a big thing. It happens in football, too. Every sport. They have to stop it. I feel for the people that didn't make it. How about the steroid era? Mm-hmm. That these guys were hitting 40 home runs in the minor leagues, and the poor kid that was doing his job kept clean and had good numbers. But you know what? It wasn't good enough. That's right. And the pitchers, too, Tom. Thanks for the phone call. And the pitchers who were trying to pitch in that era. Trying to pitch finely, <laughs> trying to paint the corners and do whatever they needed to do, because if they left the ball over the plate, it was gone and it was gone in a hurry. So yeah, you're right. There's no question. There has been cheating going on for a while, forever. 
But in this scenario, you go back and you look at how the Yankee fans feel. I, I sympathize with them. I understand. You beat them here, you lose to them there. I mean, and it was 2-1 games. It was 2-1 games. So I understand how the Yankee fan feels. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Just beat them. You're cheating. You know what? You overcome it. It's not that easy sometimes. It just isn't. Mark's in Newark. Hey, Mark, you're next on 98.7. Hey, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great, Mark. What's up? Ah, oh, man, it's good hollering at you. Uh, I, got, I got two things. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can't get it out of my head, Larry. When I was a kid, I, I used to watch uh, the late-night shows like Wild Wild West and Charlie Chan and all of those things. So I'm dating myself, but that's probably like about 48 years ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't wait to do that. I remember doing that, and I saw this movie called Damn Yankee. Mm-hmm. And it never got out of my mind. And, and what didn't get out of my mind, and still does it to this day, and this cheating thing really comes to the fore with it is because there's a there's a really big cost larry there's a huge cost more than getting suspended more than money it's your character yep and and then that movie damn yankees i remember that the the hero or the, the yankee baseball player and he sold his soul or whatever and everybody was giving him all these accolades like you're the greatest you the you got the biggest this, the best car, the money, the girls, the fame, the Yankees, and and but he was he was the most miserable guy I ever saw. <laughs> yeah, and and so why I mention that is like I, I remember when Tom Brady came out, and it's not because I'm a Jets fan; I'm a sports fan. I remember the day when Tom Brady started to play because Mo took out uh, Drew, and 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 I remember thinking this is a six round kid from Michigan and, and and he had this chip on his shoulder bigger than all outdoors but <laughs> he took that and he was like I'll show you and I, I admired that I, I, I words can't say how much I admired that in a sport in a sports person any sports person would admire that mm-hmm. and then after this cheating I mean, he reminds me of the damn Yankees guy. Like, all these people are like, you're the greatest quarterback of all time. You did this and you did that. But he has that look. At, he's not happy, Larry, because he knows. He yeah. knows. And that's because I hate to see him do interviews and stuff because he'll, he'll explain it or not say much. It gives, like, the slow one-word answers or whatever mm-hmm. because – He's not happy, Larry. Yeah. He wishes that never happened. Of course, especially yeah. under his watch. And you know, it's funny. Uh, what's that old saying, Mark? Uh, your rep- your reputation is all you have. That's right. That's right. It, it, it's it's a lot worth more, a lot more than money. That's and that's right. why we get so upset with all the cheating going on. I'll vote for my for my team. That's sometimes good, sometimes bad. But if I don't have any question about that, they're just playing their best and doing their best. Without the cheating, I'll take that any day. Mm-hmm. Any Absolutely. Day. I agree with you. Yes, sir. I agree. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. Have a good one, my friend. You too. 1-800-919-3776. Hi, Mike in Queens. You're next on 98.7. Good evening, Larry. How are you? I'm all right, Mike. What's going on? Well, if you're a Mets fan, a Knicks fan, a Jets fan, any news is bad news. But if it's just somebody that needs comic amusement, needs a good laugh, good luck, Larry. God bless, Larry. God bless. Uh, now, Brody Van Wagen has a lock in the Mets clubhouse. Why stop there? I'm sorry, he has a secretary. Let's get his secretary. 
Locker. And and again, how about the owner, Jeff Wilpon, Fred Wilpon, their secretary? And how about the benefits lady, the lady that does all the benefits? Let's make one big locker room for every Mets employee, one big happy family is their slogan. And speaking of big Larry, Jerry's familiar. Larry, when these two go on a road trip, him and Diaz cannot be in the same room together because if they're in the same room, they'll order room service and come back 10 pounds heavier. And as the plane isn't tilting when, after a road trip with all the food they eat. Larry, it took him one year to realize he was overweight. Larry, by his own admission, Familia, put, put down the chili, the taco, the rice, the beans, and please pick up the apple, you human mass of waste. You can't pitch. The, and between your stomach being full and you looking over your head, Every time you throw a ball and it's a home run, your neck must be as sore as your stomach. Okay, Larry, it's, they say it's a weight issue. It's a mechanical issue, Larry. Okay, I, I don't care that he has to waddle, he stumbles, he has to. In fact, they probably have to make the door bigger for him just to get through, you know. But it took him a year to realize this, and the Mets, they didn't know this last year. I mean, when the Mets, the Mets had him years ago. So last year, when they brought him back, they didn't say, wait, you look bigger. They didn't notice this. The guy's like 40 pounds. And you had him, and you don't even win, and you don't know his, you seem big. I mean, this team, Larry, it's not a weight issue. It's just a pitching issue. And like Matt Harvey, you know, the tackle issue, Larry, I, I don't think him losing is going to impact him very much. I mean, maybe he'll be faster. But, Larry, I don't know where to begin. Brody has a locker. Larry, he is, in, he is, Larry, he is micromanaging too much. Okay, I get it's a new age, but Brody... For the love of God, just go away. Go away. I hear you, Mike. Thanks for the phone call. Look, he can have his locker wherever he wants, but here's the thing for me. And it's, it's, I'm hoping that for a young team with a young skipper, it's not a distraction. Okay? I'm hoping it's not going to be a distraction. That's all I want. I, I, I want them to do well on the field. I do. But I don't want, I just, for me, it just seems weird that your general manager is going to be right there in the, in the clubhouse with a young manager. I mean, what? If I don't like what's happening, I'm going right to Brody. Forget, forget the skipper. Forget him. <laughs> What's he going to do? Go to your boss. Uh, it's just a bad, bad look. You know, listen, maybe it all turns out well because here's what we know about sports, ladies and gentlemen. When everybody's winning, everything is flowing. Everything is good. Everything is good. And I just hope that this team can can get off to a decent start and maintain it. And that we can talk about being in the postseason for a change. That's what I want to focus on. I want to focus on what's going on on the field. I do. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York Tonight on Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Some thoughts on Twitter tonight from my nephew, Jay Blaze NYC, Uncle L. Brody again added to his ultimate downfall as GM with the locker room issue because, as Confucius said, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And his desire to be that will remain detrimental to the team. It is, look, it is unusual 
for the general manager to be. You understand the general manager comes down from time to time, talks to the players, is on the field. You understand that that's normal procedure. It's a little unusual to have him in the locker room, in the clubhouse. We'll see how it plays out. T's fine, says. Is this the real? Is this real? The Emmanuel Moutier is trending because he's balling great all year for Utah. And then he said in his best Kanye West voice, how sway. They leave and play well. It's unbelievable. T's fine. Here's what's up. I was looking uh, during the break. I was look. I went online, and I saw him, Moutier, steal an inbounds pass and hit a three. Drain a three off another pass. It's it's it's. <laughs> it doesn't look like the same guy, right? It just doesn't look like the same player. It's um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Also via Twitter. Zoltan NY says, love the XFL talk tonight and agree with you, meaning me, about it being a source of football and entertainment in the down season before baseball. It's pushing edge rules can even help the NFL get ahead of the curve even quicker for modernizes the game as I alluded to. And also, Joel Zoltan NY says, the rejoin was just absolute fire, Joel, before the last segment. Keep the Drake theme rolling. So Joel says, thank you. He knows. Joel's like, thank you, but, you know, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> hey, Sam in Flatbush, you're next on 98.7. What's up, Larry? What's up, Sam? I wanted to do two quick points, one on XFL and one about the next. Go. Listen, XFL is great. There's just one little problem. As a sports fan, you have a clock. You have a season thing. The second the Super Bowl's over, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm done with football right now for the next six months. I want basketball. That's when basketball comes into its prime. That's when you basketball's prime time every year. It's not, that's extra fun to switch your clock, because after the Super Bowl, most people give up on football. They're like, eh, it's, it's next, it's next sport. But maybe, Sam, now that you know it's coming in, and now that you see it, and if it's at least decent and keeps your, your, your focus and your entertainment, now you've got something to take you into the baseball season, as opposed to just taking you into where you're, where you're feeling like, I need this information about spring training. Or you're just like, when is the combine? When is the combine? I need to know why. I need to know times. I need to know how high people jumped. I need scores. So you got the XFL. Maybe it gives you a break. Yeah, maybe. Anyways, Larry, about the Knicks. Listen, yes. Mike Miller, I think he's like three games below 500 or four games below 500 as a coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to consider him to bring him back as a coach next year. How can't you? The guy is coaching up these players. He's making the young players look good. They're, they're just looking good. They're actually beating teams. They, they were double overtime away from yesterday from, from, winning, the, from winning the game. Should have won that game, Sam. You know they should have won that game. Larry, that's the perfect game you want. Competitive. <laughs> yep. Uh, losing. Lose. You got to lose. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know, cause you want, cause you want a high draft choice, Sam, but here's the thing. Thanks for the phone call. This is not the NFL. You could finish bad and not get a high draft choice. See, file under last season. But the Knicks tanked for Zion. Tanked! Didn't get him. Didn't get him. And didn't come close. They, they were, they weren't even close, but third or fourth. They weren't even like, it wasn't even like, well, they were second. It wasn't even like that. It wasn't even like that. That's the issue. 
So yeah, you I understand what you're saying. You want compare, you want competition, you want them to lose, but you know, I'd rather in this scenario the young players play well and learn how to win. That's what I want to see from these young players. I want to see them learn how to win. I want them to understand what it takes to win. And yes, Mike Miller's done a, a decent job. He has. He's not, I would right now I don't see him as being the coach next year. Could he be on the staff? Possibly. Possibly. But I don't see him being on the I don't see him being your head coach next year. I mean, he would have to go to even be considered, Sam. He would have to go seven, eight, maybe nine, ten games over five hundred. I don't this is not happening. So I don't see him making it. I really don't. They're gonna bring somebody else in. They have to. They're going to bring a name in here to be your head coach. But once again, like I said, I do see him being on the staff. I think he will be. It's a possibility he could be on the staff. But the Knicks have, you know, the the Knicks have other issues. They got to get their young players to play more consistently. And Spike talked about it earlier in the show. And that's the most frustrating thing is that Alfred Payton doesn't have the respect, in quotes, that you run the play and and you give it, you you don't take it from Alfred Payton where you got to do work. You let Alfred Payton do the work and make it easier for you. You let him take you to a place in the floor where you are effective, in your first and second places where you are effective. Okay, you take let him take the ball to that area and you finish the playoff. I mean, how many? This is when Julius Randle frustrates you to no end. I could put the ball on the floor myself. I don't need no help. Yes, you do. Because you always turn the ball over. Dribbling against two people. <laughs> Come on, who do you think you are? Well, you looked in the mirror and saw Magic Johnson? You're not that guy. You're not the guy who can put the ball over behind his back and go between two people. That's not you. Know your role. Why did they hear the rock saying, shut your mouth in the back of my head? With the people's eyebrow. Just here, people's eyebrows. Know your role and shut your mouth. Know your role, Julius. Know your role. You're you're a fantastic finisher around the basket in the paint area. You're good. That's your strength. Play to your strengths. Stop trying to. I got the ball. Move out the way. Stop. We've watched you with the ball. People don't move out your way, and it goes the other way. Let the point guard set you up. Can you run some plays where he doesn't have to touch the ball? It, it's when he gets the ball, bringing it up. Everybody's like, "No, no, no, move it." it it's just it, it it's it's just frustrating. It is. It's frustrating. Yeah. No, you're wrong. Shut your mouth. Thank you. That's what you should do, Julius. Know your role. Your role is put the ball in the basket. We're not paying you to put on a dribbling exhibition against two people and watch it go the other way. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Happened to see uh, Charlie Morton, former Astros pitcher. Quoting him, I regret 
not doing more to stop it. In the words of Mike Golick, oh, stop it. You were enjoying this information because it helped you win games. As a matter of fact, didn't he sign a nice lucrative free agent contract? Because of the amount of wins he had and the amount of wins he also, how, how good he was in the postseason? Hmm? <laughs> Speaking of Mike Golick, he's part of our morning team with Trey Wingo. Tomorrow morning from 6 to 10, their guests include Tom Lookinville, Dan Graziano, Matt McGloin, Doris Burke on the NBA, and Danny Woodhead, the former Jet, and the England Patriots. It's Golik and Wingo, right after the Gordon Davis show and right before DPHO Canty and Rothenberg here on 98.7 ESPN. I've promised it all night. Here it is. We're talking about the XFL. Mike Greenberg, Greeny, was on Get Up this morning, and he says, you know what? The XFL will need to offer more than just increased player access to be successful. Here's what I'll say about the access piece. I liked what I saw. I watched some of it this weekend. I didn't watch a ton of it, but I watched it. And I think some of the innovations in football are great. The access stuff is terrific. But that is not what carries a league. Yeah. That's like offering me free something I don't want in the first place <laughs> if I don't want it. I'm not yeah. suggesting I don't want it. I'm saying if, I, if I'm not interested in the football, then the, the idea that I have access to all this stuff I wouldn't otherwise have, I think only carries you so far. There's no doubt about it. That is sprinkling on top of your Sunday. Now the question is, how good is the ice cream going to be? And part of that is the amount of players and the talent of players that you have. So the former Jet quarterback, Greg McElroy, who's part of our XFL coverage, he was on ABC yesterday, was asked if the XFL will now go after bigger college stars. I think it's possible, but unlikely. Okay. That's not really what the XFL is trying to do. Um, they've talked about it, and there's obviously always going to be buzz. Well, are, you know, are we going to go after Trevor Lawrence? You know, is that, is that to play? Because right now he's not draft eligible for the NFL, but uh, I don't think that's something that they're necessarily going to pursue here in the short term. But I fully expect this thing to be a home run success. I really do. I'm not just saying that. I was like, well, XFL, it'll fold in a year. No, I, I legit think this thing's going to be around for a really long time, and the quality of the play is only going to improve as a result, and they might attract more and more players. So I can't say it'll never happen, but I know at this point that's not going to be a huge priority for them. Once again. The success of the XFL is going to be that the players are on the same level playing field. As long as they're entertaining and as long as they find the end zone, people are going to watch. And yeah, you sprinkle in the access and you sprinkle in the little stuff and you sprinkle in the kickoffs and the fact that they're able to do some things there. You sprinkle in the three points from the 10 for an extra point, either running one play from the two-yard line or for two points from the five-yard line or three points from the 10, you sprinkle that in. It's innovation. It's something you don't see in the in the NFL. It's similar to the old ABA and the three-point play, the three-point basketball, the three-point shot. They were shooting threes back there in the 70s. Okay? Late 70s, early 80s. The ABA was firing up threes with that pretty red, red, white, and blue basketball. And look what it's done to the NBA some 30-plus years later. That's all they do in the NBA, shoot threes. That's it. That's all they do. You can't shoot. You know what? You can't shoot threes. You can't play. You can't play in the NBA. It's hard. So it's innovation. So little things like that are going to... You know, pique your curiosity about the XFL. 
And once again, if you love watching football, as long as it's entertaining, as long as it's competitive, you'll watch. You'll check it out and see what's going on. Kevin Gilbride is coach of the New York Guardians. That's the uh, New York representative in the XFL. He was on with uh, Barton Hahn earlier today, and he was asked about, you know, his thoughts about the weekend of the XFL. How was it? Well, I think from a league standpoint, there's no question that the quality of play was uh, at a very, very high level. I think it's probably surprised a lot of people. Uh, the enthusiasm, the crowds were good. And, of course, us specifically, we were delighted to get the win. That's right. They won their opening game yesterday. So we've all talked about the player accessibility from the media standpoint. How about from the coach's standpoint? Coach, what do you think about the player accessibility? There's going to be uh, an accessibility to us and to the players that you don't get at the National Football League. That, that you know, at first look seems a little bit intrusive. And, and, and I've got to be frank, it, you know, it, it, when you go to talk to a guy and he's not there because he's being interviewed, my, my first, <laughs> first reaction is not necessarily a good one. Uh, but they, they have told us. And, uh, in fact, Shane McMahon came to us yesterday right in the locker room before the game. He said, remember now, Coach, you got control. If, you, if you're if you coaching somebody, you know, hey, he, we're going to get the interview. You tell him not now. I want to talk to him now. I want to get this straight. And then we'll get the interview done. So, you know, they're, they're going out of their way to do this in a professional way. I think all of us feel comfortable about it. Now it's just a matter of us continuing to get better so we can get a few more wins. And that's the success of it. See, that's why I'm saying to you, the way to deal with that is just talk to the players when the opposite side of the ball is on the field. You don't have to worry about it. You won't have to worry. When the defense is on the field, talk to all the offensive players you want. When the offense is on the field, talk to all the defensive players you want. When you guys, what, you guys had a real good success stopping them giving a three and out. What what happened? What'd you do? Okay, what's the game plan going back out there? There's a way to do that and still have that access because nobody's talking like that in the NFL. So you can still have it. But I mean, if Joel just scored a touchdown and I'm running over to talk to him and now the the, the coach and the, and the offensive coordinator and the quarterback are like, Joel, we, look, look, what, look what we're going to do next time and he's not there. It's going to be a problem. Then they're going to be calling me some names, and then there's going to be a brawl on the sidelines. Because <laughs> I'm not having it. It's going to be an issue. It is. So they'll tweak that. They'll make the adjustments there. But once again, the whole idea, when you watch the XFL, remember, it's not the National Football League. I keep saying it because I was listening to, to you know, 98.7 all day, and people are just complaining about, you know, it one, one really great talent. It's not supposed to be. It's not what it is. It's not going to replace the NFL. It's just something to take your mind, to, to give you some football, to get you ready for the combine in a couple of weeks. Because I know Chris from Manhattan is ready for the combine. He's got his, he's got his pad, his notepad, and his stopwatch ready. He's ready to go. He's ready to find the Jets an offensive lineman. <laughs> so until you get there, you can watch some football. Enjoy it. 
That's that's the that's what the XFL is. It's just hanging, getting you ready. Just getting you ready, so you can get ready for the draft and everything else with the NFL. Now you got some options. Isn't it great to have options? I know it is. And hopefully, next time we talk Mets, I have something positive to say. <laughs> it would be nice. Joel's not betting on it, but then why would he? He doesn't have to worry. He, his Yankees have got pitching depth. They've got offensive depth. They're ready to roll. They can't wait. Matter of fact, they're supposed to be in the World Series with the Dodgers already. People have got them already lined up. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> 